Hey, hey, everybody. If you're listening to this, you are listening to the first free hour of this episode of The Shift with Doug McKenty. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing to the show in order to access the full feature-length versions of the podcast, as well as have access to the Members Forum, where we discuss potential topics and interviews and dive deep into the overall concept of The Shift. For only six bucks a month, not only do you get the full-length episodes, but also an opportunity to co-create with me, your host, Doug McKenty, the future of the show. Go to www.theshiftnow.com or patreon.com backslash the shift and sign up today in order to help make the shift possible. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Good morning, noon, or night, wherever and whenever you are listening, you are listening to The Shift. I'm your host. My name is Doug McKenty. This 93rd episode was recorded on September 8th, 2021. I'm happy to announce my guest on the program today is Dylan Charles Hunt. Dylan has been the editor and major contributor to the online magazine Waking Times for over a decade. He is also the host of the Battered Souls podcast and has more recently expanded his portfolio to include self-sabotage coaching to aid those healing from generational trauma. His work seeks to raise awareness concerning the current shift occurring within many individuals defined by a recognition of the damage done by hierarchical, patriarchal systems of thinking and discovering solutions within older lineages of thought that include honoring the sanctity of individual experience and utilizing Eastern and indigenous methodologies for healing and conscientious personal development. After experiencing his own battles with self-sabotaging behavior, Dylan began seeking alternatives after his therapist recommended a pharmaceutical regimen rather than engaging in a healthy lifestyle change. He quickly found himself studying Kung Fu and discovering a path towards energetic balance resulting in psychological and physical health. This eventually led him to discover the benefits of energetic cultivation through the practice of Tai Chi and Qigong, a practice he continues to this day. Continuing this journey, Dylan became interested in indigenous healing modalities and eventually spent eight years living in Costa Rica, dedicating his life to understanding a variety of plant medicine ceremonies designed to heal the body and expand conscious awareness. While there, he experienced both the South American ayahuasca tradition, as well as discovering the healing properties of Ibogaine, an African hallucinogen utilized by the Bowiti tribe for initiation and spiritual awakening. Dylan brings these influences to his work at Waking Times, which educates its readers about these healing alternatives, as well as raises awareness concerning the dangers and pitfalls of existence within the dominant paradigm. Stay tuned for this discussion, focusing not only on raising awareness concerning the current state of consciousness characterized by hierarchy and compartmentalization of knowledge, but we'll also explore alternative ways of thinking which provides a holistic path of knowledge better suited to the development of a sustainable future. You can find out more about Dylan and his work at www.wakingtimes.com or discover his podcast, Battered Souls, at batteredsouls.com. Go to www.dylancharlescoaching.com where you can sign up for information concerning his work helping others with self-sabotaging behavior. As always, if you like what you're hearing, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast across your social media platforms. I rely on listeners like you to distribute this program. To find out more about The Shift, sign up for the newsletter and subscribe to feature-length episodes of the show. Go to www.theshiftnow.com. 
You can also click the PayPal link below to give any amount in donation. Your support ensures that this work can continue into the future. Without taking any more of your time, I'd like to introduce Dylan Charles Hunt onto the program. And thank you for helping to make the shift. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this 93rd episode of The Shift. I'm joined today by the editor of Waking Times, Dylan Charles Hunt. Uh, I'm uh, really looking forward to this because we have so much in common. He, he uh, has spent a lot of time studying Tai Chi, Qigong, uh, and he's also done a lot of plant medicine work uh, and been heavily involved in uh, learning shamanism uh, and understanding those systems, the systems of ceremony. So I think we're going to have a great conversation here today. Um, you know, maybe even comparing and contrasting a little bit uh, about the different systems of consciousness that are out there and, uh, and then sort of comparing it to the dominant, the dominant force on the planet today, which both of us were, were raised inside of and then had the great fortune, in my opinion, of, of maybe breaking out of that and, uh, and learning about different ways and, and different ways of thinking that are out there. So thanks a lot for coming on, Dylan. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good today. Uh, Doug, yeah, I mean, I'm in a, I'm in, I'm in a strange mood. I'm in a peculiar mood. It's Wednesday here. Um, right. If I could describe my mood, I'm, um, I'm, I'm feeling feisty. You know, um, I'm just over. I'm over the bullshit, and I'm over the propaganda. And I'm just, I've, I've had some encounters in the last couple of weeks with people that I've known for a long time, and you know, it doesn't, it doesn't go well. You know, when somebody's calling you an idiot because you disagree with you know, this, this idea that I should just inject myself with a, with a magical yeah. experimental chemical to make all the fear go away. And, and I don't, I don't play ball like that. And so it's kind of hardened me in a little bit, you know, I have a tendency to really just enjoy people, listen to people, work with people, talk with people, sit with people, hold space for people. And it's kind of the feistiness in me today is kind of like, you know, I don't really much have a lot of patience for this right now. You know, if people aren't, if people aren't willing to you know, if people are, if people are going to say, Hey, I've got this friend for 30 years. And all of a sudden, because of what's happening in the, in the news, they're an idiot and they're a piece of fill in the blank. Um, you know, like how, if, if people aren't willing to give friendships, to give relationships, to give, um, right. you know, history with actual people, uh, precedence and priority over the stuff that they're being bombarded with just coming through the little diodes and, and little flickering specks of, you know, pixels and stuff coming out of the screen, then, then yeah, I'm sorry, man. Sometimes, sometimes perhaps it's better for our own mental health to just kind of move on and let people like take their own path. And, you know, I hope that we, I hope that our paths cross again. And we, you know, obviously like want people to, to, uh, you know, to value relationship, to value life, mm-hmm. you know? And so, uh, but at the same time, it's like, you kind of got to make fun of it at some point. I mean, that's one thing, that's one of the, the biggest lessons I learned when I first started doing plant medicines was that, you know, like, especially with like the shaman that I work with the Sequoia and uh, from, from the upper Amazon in Ecuador, uh, there's a particular shaman, Don Augustine, <laughs> nice. but he laughs, he laughs all the time. He laughs all the time. He's always laughing. I mean, anything you say right. to him is funny. Anything you do, anything he sees is funny. If he sees a kid playing is funny. You know, like my <laughs> wife, if she sees my nine-year-old out in the back playing with a machete, it's not funny to her, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, for, for, for this indigenous elder who's been serving medicine, you know, he didn't, he didn't even never saw modern civilization until he was 50 years old you know the first mm. time he saw a big lighter he was you know he came out of the jungle when he was probably close to 50 years old you know wow. to him everything's funny everything's laughable you know and that's a that, to me that's a perspective worth worth exploring and diving into you know and at uh, one of my first ceremonies i ever had doug i had this message come through my mind and loud as clear man just ching, said, if it cannot be laughed at 
it is not the Tao. So it's not the way, you know, like all right. every step of the way, we have to be able to, to, to take levity with us. We have to be able to walk through this and not to take things so seriously. Otherwise we get hardened and we, we act like these people that I've been talking about, you know, we end up in these, in these situations where we're willing to just throw out 30 year friendships. Yeah. Yeah. Know, because, because of some disagreement about whatever jerk off says on the news, you know, <laughs> so, well, what strange mm. times that we're living in um, and, and definitely this division that's happening. I mean, the system is coming down so hard about this vaccine, about your healthcare choices in terms of this illness that's been going around. And, uh, and, and then when people have disagreements about it, it's like life or death. Uh, people are scared out of their minds and they think that if you have a disagreement about the path forward, uh, then you're just suddenly the enemy. Uh, and that division is, is, uh, is real and it's happening at the family level it's happening within communities um and it's probably certainly part of the plan i mean they don't want strong families strong communities that that are actually thinking critically about this uh and so so we're seeing a lot of a lot of division happening and it is really sad i mean you're not the first person that's told me they've lost a lot of friendships over this yeah you know there's this um there's this idea in social psychology called othering right I mean, the, the easiest example of that is to jump back into, the, you know, Germany in the 1930s and, you know, just look what happened, how the population like turned against itself. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was almost 100 years ago. Right. And, you know, all along the way since then, we've we've had all of these multi-billion million dollar think tanks and, uh, you know, CIA and the Tavistock. You have all these places like directing all these funds, research funds towards understanding that function of the human mind and understanding how to exploit that. And so you can't. If you know what's going on, if you're paying attention, you have to you have to acknowledge that like you were really up against a giant nine billion pound gorilla here because yeah. you know they're they're intentionally exploiting these very very um, uh, these very very soft spots in human psychology to get us to turn against each other. You know, and I I was thinking about this thirty minutes before I got on the call with you. I, I can't believe like my entire life, I'm forty five years old. My entire life, I was always trained and I grew up to believe in this idea that, like you know, papers please was a bad thing, and it wasn't it wasn't right. what America was about. You know, yeah, papers right. please. It's been what eighteen months since we started the you know the flatten the curve, two weeks to flatten the curve. You, you know, like and 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 then all of that history, all of that programming, all of that indoctrination has been flipped on its head. In other words, we're dealing with the force of exceptional power. It is, it is human instinct and it's being turned against this. And the result is that like, yeah, people are, people are legitimately believe that um, you are a threat to their physical existence. If you don't participate in the scheme, this, this Hegelian scheme, this problem reaction scheme of like, Hey, this is the problem. Here's how you should feel about it. This is the only solution. Right. You know, and to be honest with you though, man, I, I think like just within the last week, like I think something's something's shifting. Something's something's changing because if you look at like what even like Joe Rogan went through, you know, he's. I mean, I know. <laughs> come on, man! Like they're they've politicized medicines, and now they're trying to tell tell somebody that's taken a medicine that worked for them that they've done something wrong. Like uh, they're trying to call him a horse pill taker or whatever the, you know, like whatever right. it is. This has been crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually crazy. hoping that they've overstepped their bounds I a little bit on this ivermectin thing, because it, all you got to do is type a few words into a search engine and find out that it's not just a horse dewormer. Uh, and I'm hoping that millions you know, some, of people some take people, it every day. Right. And I'm hoping that people <laughs> so, can look at this and go like, why did all the mainstream media start calling this a horse dewormer, which is clearly false all at the same time, you know, maybe it's because 
They're all, you know, working in concert to propagandize people. They're not actually interested in telling people the truth. It, it, maybe it'll trigger a couple people to kind of wake up to what's happening here. I mean, the truth is that it is a horse dewormer, but it's also a human dewormer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's, you know, Noam Chomsky talks about this. I've written about this in the past. You know, how do they, how do you create consent? You tell lies in a way that people don't catch them, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Lies of omission, obfuscation. I love that word. I always, yeah. <laughs> I always, try, I always try dropping that word in podcasts and interviews, and I always screwed up. So I'm going to have to get like a trainer to work with me on just that one word. But uh, yeah, but you know, like that's that's the way they lie. They twist things. The red herrings. You know, let's let's yeah. let's call something what it is, but say it in a derogatory, you know, a way. Right. You know, let's uh, ad hominem attack the pill. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think I think they have overstepped. I, you know, we're talking about they, but I, I think that you know, like the the paradigm that's being pressed uh, on us is is it's stressed. Like it's not it's not working. You know, like I saw a clip today of you know probably CNN, CNN or MSNBC or something. But the the host, the anchor, was concerned about um, images coming out of like football games. Hundreds of tens of thousands of people having fun at a football game. Nobody's wearing masks. Mostly they're probably not vaccinated, but on the screen, they're running it. They're running it like it's commentary of a football game. You know, they have the scorecard basically. Right. Um, the scorecard is, you know, deaths up 10%, you know, list cases up 10%. And then down at the bottom, it's like in, you know, blinking letters, 53% vaccinated, you know, so they're running, they're running the same, the same, scam scheme on us they're turning they're gamifying compliance is what i see mm, interesting before we get too far into it you want to give people just a, a little bit of an overview about your history uh and yeah. uh, maybe just explain you know waking times and <clears throat> and uh, a little bit about your past especially in terms of the tai chi practice and and the and the ceremonial experience that you've had yeah your your program is called the shift mm. correct mm-hmm yeah, I mean that's really why I do the work that I do because I experienced the shift. Yeah. Um, let me tell a short version of the story. When I was in my um, late teens and twenties, uh, I got involved in drugs and everything like a lot of men do, and and uh, party drugs and alcohol, and and I just went down that road. I had no purpose, no path. I didn't have any guidance really or leadership on you know who I needed to be or or I I never you know my dad wasn't around. My mom did the best she could you know, and it was like I never had anybody show me the way. I never had anybody say, "Look, here's how you make a man of yourself. Here's how right. you here's how you step into purpose in your life. Here's how you um, here's how you choose a path that's going to fulfill you on many levels, not just your pocketbook. You know, I never had anybody guiding me that way, and I know that's really really common for a lot of uh, young men today because I've worked with a lot a lot of young men in, in ceremonial settings and. Uh, it's very common. So what's there to fill that gap? Like what's there to fill that gap is um, it's drugs. It's uh, you know, gangs it's sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just like party crews, you know, just idi idiocy, the idiocracy, the idiocy of it all, you know, it's all there to just fill in that gap. And what happens is people just medicate and medicate and self-medicate and medicate until they've lost, they've lost themselves, you know, yeah. whether it's, you know, like I said, drugs. Oh, I just made a big noise. Um, drugs or porn or whatever, like people have to be men just lose themselves. And so I went through that and uh, asked my doctor for help. And, you know, the, the short version of the story is that they, the kind of help that they offered me was pharmaceutical medications, antidepressants, um, antipsychotic medications, uh, pills to help me sleep, pills to help me wake up, pills to help the other pills work, pills to help the other pills unwork, you know, this, this, right. this cocktail of uh, dependency on the pharmaceutical companies. And, and so, um, there is such thing as divine intervention, Doug, you know, you probably experienced it in your life. And there's been a few points in my life where I feel like a hand just kind of came out of the sky and touched me and was like, Hey, you know, go this way instead of that way. Right. Let's, 
let me steer you out. Let me steer you out of this trap and into something else. And and so when I realized, like when this, uh, this highfalutin psychiatrist gave me all these pills, I realized that, that, um, yeah, that, that voice came and spoke to me, like when I was leaving a psychiatrist's office and it was like, you know, dude, like you're 26, man. Like your, your doctor just told you that exercise won't help with your mood or mental stability. Right. I asked my doctor, dude, I said, Hey man, you think like exercising and eating better could help? And the doc goes, well, you might take walks once in a while. That's not bad for you, but yeah, you need these pills. Uh, 26 years old. So yeah. So I had that like little, little moment of divine intervention and, um, you know, man, and that's that's one thing that I really work with people on today is helping them to see where their path of self mastery is. Because I had this moment where I went back to my office after going to the the psychiatrist, and it's like, well, I just I just rejected that whole paradigm, right? Like everywhere you look, the commercials, the advertisements, your doctor tells you this. They got the free pills going. They got the samples, just like the drug dealer outside of the basketball court on those old public service announcement. Hey, kid, you like flying? I got something that'll really get you high. The first one's free. Right. You know, that whole scene there, like I, I went to that scene for help because I was suicidal. I was, uh, you know, I was addicted to everything and I just wanted out. I just wanted, I just wanted peace of mind. And, and um, so I went back to the office. I, I declared to myself like that whole program, everything, none of it's for me. What the hell is my path? What's my path? What is mm-hmm. my path, Doug? And uh, yeah, I mean, people got to look for signs. That's one thing I really help people. That's like, like my, um, my ability to help people perceive things that they're missing, my help, my ability to help people see things that they've overlooked, you know, to like uh, open doors inside their mind that they've closed. And so I take it back to this experience of going back to my office in distress, but also feeling like a sense of empowerment for the first time. Like I had made one decision, Doug, to take some control over my life, man, like, like those snowball, you know? And so as I was sitting there trying to figure out what the next step was, uh, one of the guys I worked with walks by my office carrying a Quan Dao, which is a giant long bow staff, basically with a metal blade on it. It's a Chinese Kung Fu weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a, he's got a long uh, broadsword, which is a big giant sword. He's got a, you know, he's got his bag of weapons, nunchucks, short sticks, Sai, all he's, he's basically walking around with a bag of Kung Fu weapons, which is very atypical in our right. world. Yeah. <laughs> It caught my attention and I was like, hey, Rand. I was like, I was like, Rand, what in the world are you up to? He's like, oh, dude, it's kung fu. It's awesome. I was like, I thought you just watched that on, on movies, man. He's like, no, man, right down the street, dude. We practice this day, this day, this day, this day. I was like, okay. He's like, come check it out, man. And so I went, I went, Doug, and I went down to the dojo a couple of days later. And uh, yeah, it changed everything. In three weeks, three weeks, dude, three weeks, the depression gone. Wow. Anxiety gone, dude. You know, and I know it's not the same Amazing. for everyone. And, yeah. and no, I'm not supposed to like, say these kind of things because the FDA doesn't like people to make res- recommendations. But in my case, three weeks, depression gone, like life picture completely changed. I was like, had no desire to drink or smoke all of a sudden. And I was around people who were kicking ass, like literally kicking ass, but they wanted you to succeed. They wanted to toughen you up. They wanted to see you strong. They wanted to see you better. They wanted, they had a path for you and they wanted to see you move down that path. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that's really how it all began for me. So it was, it was, uh, you know, Kung Fu training, the punches, the kicks, you know, 10,000 side kicks, 10,000 front kicks, 10,000 right. roundhouse kicks. Uh, and then about six, eight months into that, I started, uh, I went to a Tai Chi class. Mm-hmm. And so as, as a Tai Chi practitioner, you, you might've experienced this as well in the beginning, but, uh, I think I was around 26, like I said, and, and to slow the mind down enough to be able to slow the body down to perform Tai Chi is, is requires a different, uh, just like a different modality of thinking that I've yeah, ever experienced before. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Different, completely different, you know? And so, 
I remember going to practices several times a week and, and you could probably test to this. It took, it took me, I think th- it was like six months, literally of practicing regularly Tai Chi. And I had one day where all of a sudden I came in and, and, and it all came together, Doug, everything slowed down, time slowed down, nice. my like sensory perception, everything slowed down. And I felt this meditative connection with my body and everything just kind of eased into place. And it was nothing like I'd ever experienced before. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I know. I mean, you know, the, it, it's actually been kind of a struggle for me to do Tai Chi. I cling, I had a, a I mean, I studied in, in college, I studied Western philosophy and I, and I still, to this day, I'm still trying to let go of that logical part of my brain that wants mm-hmm. to figure it out so much, uh, you know, cl- clinging to the idea that some, some, somewhere my logical brain can find the truth and then everything's going to be all right, you know? Um, and it's taken me a lot of time uh, over doing uh, my Tai Chi practice to just kind of like go like, wait a minute, like this is an entirely different way of thinking about the world. Mm-hmm. And it's actually way more accurate than anything like my logical mind is going to concoct. Right. Um and it's so funny because people who are, and I, I use the term uh, colonized actually at this point, mm-hmm. I've kind of realized that like, oh, you know, there's basically this empire that's been built over two or 5,000 years of, of the evolution of civilization. And, and it's colonized people into this kind of modality of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then there's this other way of thinking, which I've been exploring, you know, for the last, uh, you know, 20, 25 years. And it's actually kind of been a struggle that having to let go and kind of realize that like, oh, wait a minute, you know, there's this whole mind body connection here. Mm-hmm. And there's this in this internal energy body. That's a real thing, you know, that yeah. people have been yeah. experiencing for since the, you know, thousands for of years, hundreds yeah. of thousands of years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> and all of these systems of consciousness that are based upon it. And it actually, at this point, it's become ludicrous for me to like, realize that so many people these days don't understand that that's how life actually works you know i mean um it's Mm. it's interesting i mean i guess maybe you could dive in a little bit i mean just like you said then the practice of tai chi and especially with the martial arts applications you're actually using this energy uh it just becomes so mind-blowing um to find out that there's this whole other kind of consciousness uh, that works in this totally different way. But when you see it working, you, you have to know that it's real, you know? (laughs) I mean, it's, it's all around us. Like it's, it's everywhere. It's because it's, it's nature, right? Yeah. You know, nature is duality. You know, I I know there's like these, these, these schools of thought about, you know, non-duality and, and, and whatnot but i mean go to the ocean like the waves come in the waves go out the tide comes in the tide goes out the sun comes the moon comes i mean right. this is, these are these are energies that govern everything in our universe you know and so i've been looking lately like at the at this stuff going on in the world you know like there's a point when you're doing a tai chi move right there's a uh there's a the the, the mindset of, of with advance and with withdraw right there's a point in every tai chi move where the 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 weight moves beyond a point of no return, right? So you have like, you, you'll move to a certain point and then your balance shifts, right? And then you have no choice but to complete the move or to, you know, fall over or fall right. out of posture or whatever, right? You know, so there's a, a momentum that builds with this energy, you know? And I think that, I think that when I look at it in this, in this big world, I think that, man, like it's, 
the the push of the control system has been so strong lately that it's they've they're off their center they're off their balance right and and i see that and the the evidence that i see for that doug is is the most powerful evidence that i see for that is in conversations that i've had with what i would consider like normal people normies right people who haven't been paying attention at all yeah right there's a whole lot of them all of a sudden you see them going wait a damn minute wait just a minute wait hold on now this doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm willing to speak. So I have a lot of friends in Australia, for example, and they're like really under the gun with the COVID measures. And yeah. so if you really, if you really dig around and try to find out what's going on in, in Australia, you'll find a whole lot of ordinary moms, ordinary dads, truckies, you know, uh, people, there's this, uh, there's a Facebook page that was put up just a few days ago. I think it's called uh, no jab, yes, jab, whatever. We don't care. Come to our business. And it was, you know, right. it's hundreds of thousands of people signed up for it within 24, 48 hours. And it's, it's, huh. it's normal people with businesses and they'll be like, Hey, come to my business in my town. We, you know, we do fishing tours. Now uh, we don't care if you have a shot or not. We think that your medical information is your personal business. Then it'll be like some, somebody selling rugs in another town on the other side of Australia. Hey, come to my rug shop. We'll be happy to do business with you. We don't care if you have the jab or if you don't have the jab, just come on in. We'll do business with you either way. Your medical decisions are none of our business. Yeah. And so what I see is a whole bunch of really, really normal, what I would consider normal people who haven't been paying attention, but are deeply affected by the measures that don't make sense. The anti-life measures that have been put into, that have been put into place that have been, you know, destroying the economy and wrecking lives. I had somebody email me the other day, Doug, because I sent out a lot of, you know, with, with the website and stuff, we can get into that in a bit, but he emailed me mad, mad email. I could tell when someone's mad in an email because they use all caps and lots of exclamation points, (laughs) right? right? (laughs) You know, but so. But he was mad. That was he was mad because I was uh, I wasn't taking seriously the fact that four and a half million people have been killed by COVID. Hmm. Dude, I didn't get out of my calendar, my calculator, and do the math. You know, I, I was like, I didn't. I don't know if I have a calculator big enough to you know work in that many zeros. But four and a half million people out of seven, eight billion people dead in a in in two years time. And that's assuming, of course, that all four and a half million of those people were actually killed by something called COVID and not comorbidities, and right. you know, and, and they weren't like you know this uh, phony ventilators. baloney, <laughs> yeah, ventilators or this phony baloney stuff. Where six months after they die, they get a government grant to alter the death certificate you know, to say COVID, so they can cap, you know, so they can capitalize on funds to pay for. Fu- I mean, totally. The I'm, the word fuckery comes to mind, you know, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and so like like. Think about that, man. Think about that. Like to be to be four angry me. Four and a half million people died out of eight billion in almost two years, with no consideration at all for what it's doing to the lives of ordinary people. And so I think that stress, that that push, yeah, uh, pushing people ordinary people's lives out of balance is is really what's going to be the tipping point and cause the whole system to teeter and totter and, and collapse. Now. I'm not really an optimist. I'm not really, I don't really depend on hope a lot that the hope doesn't really fit into my spiritual uh, perspective of the world, but um, just in terms of energetic distribution and how uh, energy plays and, and, and how things move forward and backwards in this world, I kind of see that like they're off balance. Like, you know, right. (laughs) Yeah. I go either way. It feels like, yeah, there's so much that we can where we can go with this. Uh, it, we were talking a little bit about the uh, ivermectin situation earlier, 
mm-hmm. uh, before before we started the interview. And uh, just a, as another example of of pushing too hard, and I love using the Tai Chi strategy, the martial arts strategy to think about this. So uh, maybe we could delve into this uh, angle of this a little bit more. But where, you know, when the mainstream media all across the board starts calling ivermectin a horse dewormer, when, you know, it's been used by billions of people throughout the world. It's got this long decades long history. It's yeah, Nobel it's, prize winning science. Right. Right. And dozens of peer reviewed papers at this point saying that it works. It's really effective against COVID. I mean, dozens and dozens uh, and, and countries around the world using it. I mean, it's just, it's almost mind boggling that they can do it. And that is a great example in Tai Chi of, of pushing too hard, pushing mm-hmm. over, over that no longer right. being in balance. And when you're watching the system, engage in such outright propaganda right it's got to be a mistake on their part i mean strategically speaking you've got to think that that and then if you think about the tai chi symbol the yin yang symbol mm-hmm. the that excess yang energy that is characteristic of this whole colonizing Mm -hmm. system uh, has got to start transmuting back into yin here at some point i mean they can't just keep hammering people like this well you, you know if you're if you're an aspiring match Right. You know, Tai Chi is uh, supposedly it's a, you know, it's a, it's a slowed down version of fighting forms, but if you were to speed it up and do Kung Fu or karate or MMA or whatever, if you're in a, if you're in an actual sparring match, mm-hmm. if you can throw your opponent off balance, it gives you a serious advantage. Right. But what happens when you get thrown off balance, yeah. you either like collapse into a like defensive position, or a lot of times what people happen is they still try to strike from that off balance position and you know, they may land a blow, but it doesn't have the power that it would have if you're in a firm, balanced, you know, like a grounded stance, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's kind of what I see is like the, that, the, the push for this great reset garbage, the push for, you know, just like, Oh my God, if, if we let this, if we let the vaccine passports fly, Oh my God. Could you imagine what 2022 yeah. is going to be like? Yeah. Right. Can you imagine how many booster shots they're going to ask of you? Can you imagine how many other vaccines they're going to add to the, the requirements? Oh, well, now you need a flu vaccine. Now you need a chicken pox vaccine. I'm sorry, yeah. man. We were born on this earth. It's our right to get sick if we want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right. I have the right to experience sickness and health. You know, I made that vow with my wife 24 years ago. You know, like that's it's I have the I have the right to experience all the dimensions of life. Good, bad, suffering, joy. I I, I get to experience it all. You can't take that away from me. And so, uh, yeah. And it's so like, perhaps like, like what's going on with this Trilovermectin stuff is that they're just like, they're just flailing. They're off balance and they're just, you know, throwing punches, however they can, wild punches, lefts, right, whatever they can do. But, you know, I don't, I truly don't really want to get too far into this, in this particular conversation, Doug, but like, you know, I think it was the, um, God, who was it just literally two days ago that ran, I don't know if it was the Associated Press or whoever that ran a story saying that some, some hospital somewhere was like overflowed with, you know, over, overdose people overdosing on Ivermectin. Yeah. And then like people from the hospital called in and were like, yeah, dude, it's not true at all. It's not yeah. true. It's not even true at all. Like you could, if you'd have called anybody here at the hospital and spent three minutes on the phone, you wouldn't have written that story. Um, it's so blatant. It's so obvious. But the, the, the caveat here is I don't think like even examples of that are going to wake up the people who are already so deep into the hypnosis because, right. because the, it's, we're dealing with mass hypnosis, mass psychosis. You're dealing with um, the exploitation of fundamental aspects of the human mind. And so, you know, you open, 
You open the critical factor of the human mind with fear by scaring people with scary images of dead bodies lying around with, uh, you know, trucks with body bags and they're turning corners and the bodies are falling out. I remember seeing this stuff last year, you know, people falling over in public and coughing on the ground. And like, we've seen so many dystopian movies. We've seen so many, you know, it's like, like so much programming uh, with the media that like, you know, when we see one image of like that, we're not just, it's not just that one image, Doug, like you're, you're, you're dipping into the psychic contents of all of us, like everything that we've been programming with. I've seen a hundred thousand murders on TV, right? I've seen a hundred thousand acts of, um, you know, cruelty and, and, you know, you know, and, and violence, violence as the solution to every problem. So when, when, when we see one image like that, it pulls up all the psychic contents. I know this for sure because of my experiences with plant medicines, especially the medicine Iboga from Africa, Mm. The, the, the stickiness of, of the, the, the imagery, the symbolism of this sticks deep into our conscious consciousness. And so when some of that is triggered, right? Like we, you, you, it activates a state of hypnosis and in that hypnosis to deepen your hypnosis, the more compliant you get, the more effort that you make to fit in with the group that you perceive as the safe group or tribe to, 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 you know, keep you safe from this, the deeper your hypnosis goes. And mm-hmm. so while, it's interesting to see a lot of people wake up. A lot of people wake up on basic levels regarding the business aspect, regarding vaccine passports. There's a there's a deeper awakening that has to take place, and it has to do with with breaking out of your your hypnosis. And so, uh, you know, let's work where there the you know there's uh, a possibility. Let's work and let's let's keep let's. I think it's critical right now at this point to give people who already know the truth more tools, a deeper understanding of what's going on. So that thing go out there and have more to talk to be more to say to other people, you know, um, people don't realize how much of their own behavior is unconscious, right? People don't realize that, that, that the subconscious mind is highly programmed. Yeah. You know, I've talked about this in, in, in other conversations, but the advertising industry, I mean, everybody knows what subliminal advertising is. I'm sure everybody's seen that the the, the Disney um, animations, like full of Fantasia and all of these other things where there's these strange little symbols of, uh, you know, sexual symbols. There's strange little like, you know, 666 codes put in here and there. So there's this, this whole world of imagery and symbolism that's gone on around us. So, you know, I remember seeing a Carl's Jr. Burger commercial and this beautiful drop dead knockout woman in a convertible car on the overlooking Hollywood Hills, man, enjoying the daylights out of this hamburger. Right. And as she's doing it, like her clothes keep coming off and right. her legs are doing this. And, you know, she's spreading her legs with the bag of Carl's Jr. Right there. So, you know, it doesn't really leave much to the imagination and it's, it, it, and it's the most basic fundamental subliminal programming tap into your tap into the, these basic, you know, reptilian almost desires of your need to procreate, have sex, you know, and, and start there. That's gains you access into the, into someone's mind. Once you're in someone's mind, you can play games and make them do anything. You can have a hypnotist, a street hypnotist, hypnotist can walk up to a crowd and, and within a few minutes have a whole bunch of strangers thinking that their hands are magnets and they won't even be able to move their arms, yeah. you know, like they, they can't even pull their hands apart. Like this is, this is what we're dealing with. You know, the subconscious mind will, it can create phantom pregnancies. I mean, have you heard, have you heard about that? Mm, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like you could like women will actually begin lactating. Their stomachs will grow with fat. Like they're, you know, they're, they'll biologically like, they'll create a, uh, you know, the stuff, but there's no baby in there. 
right? So it's all just the subconscious mind thinks that one thing is going on. So in other words, people don't understand just how little control they have over their own behavior. And I think that's really the, the wedge that we can, we can work here. I think that's really the way that we can help people in the way that we can really move through this, get through this, you know, is to help people see, Hey, your behavior isn't your behavior. If you want to be behaving, if you want to be standing on your own feet in your own power, then let's look at the influences in your life. Let's push them aside. Let's take all the repetitive negative programming out of your life and let's fill it with positive programming. So let's figure out who you want to be, what path you want to be on, and then fill your own mind and subconsciousness with the messages that'll convince your subconscious mind that it's possible and that there's no other way to be. Yeah. I mean, let's, uh, let's explore this a little bit because I I'm seeing the same thing that, that you're seeing for, um, you know, for many years, I try to have these logical conversations with the people in my community or on listservs or on social media or whatever to try to convince them, you know, well, hey, I, you know, I've got this primary source. I'm doing, I have, I, I, I have this uh, academic background in history and philosophy. So I know how to do these, this kind of research, you know, on the internet, find the primary sources and, and then try to have this argument, you know, this logical argument with people to try to change their minds. And after a while, it was like, it doesn't matter what sources I cite or what, you know, how logical my argument is. It's not changing anything at all about how these people are, are approaching their existence, even though they all profess to believe in science and logic and critical thinking. And so I realized just how psychological it was. And that's kind of taken me down some of these rabbit holes that you're discussing too. It's a completely psychological phenomenon. It can only be addressed on this level. But yeah, like, like to add to that, we've been programmed I mean, you could see this most clearly in social media, right? We've been programmed to place the emotional uh, factor above the intellectual factor. Right. And so that's why, um, you know, Facebook and stuff, that's why there's all these emojis, right? right? Like what's the emotion that you're feeling right now? How can you express that emotion? You know, like, let's not, how, how can you say something intellectual without being intellectual? How can you express that? You express it through emotion. So we have this society where emotion is, is being taken over. And that's more of like a child psychologist, more of a, a childish psychology, uh, a childish perspective of the world, right? You know, our emotions govern what, what we need, right? Our emotions, our emotions govern what we want, govern what we want. An adult, an, a healthy, you know, psychologically healthy adult is going to use critical factors. They're going to use, they're going to use critical thinking. Mm. They're going to look at your sources. They're going to analyze and they're going to look, you know, oh, which source do I believe to be most credible? And what do they say? You know, how does that align with whatever other evidence I have? No, people aren't doing that. People aren't doing that. It's yeah. not happening. So here we are on a playing field. And if you want to play on the playing field, if you want to make a difference, if you want to get the to use a sports metaphor here, Doug, if you want to get the ball down the field and into the end zone and get some points on the board, like we got to play ball with what's going on. You know, yeah. people aren't, people aren't doing, people aren't doing facts and then you, people aren't doing research. And then when you add things into it, like the, God, man, this, and this is something that's affected me tremendously with my work at waking times is, is, you know, fact checkers. Like the example I like to use right. is like with social media, like if I post an article, if I write the great reset, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a plan that anybody can look at. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's literally, it's organized by the world economic forum. There's a couple of key players. There's this one guy, Klaus Schwab, Klaus Schwab, <laughs> who's written some incredible books. And if you read his books, like his ideas about humanity, aren't really like things that I'm interested in. All right. But these people have an unbelievable amount of influence and financial power and political power behind them. And this, these guys are literally on the world stage telling you that, hey, we are going right now, we are going to fundamentally change everything about life, everything about the economy, everything about money, everything about ownership, everything about privacy, 
Um, we're going to change all of this with a big smile on our face. If I post something that just describes that to Facebook, I'll get a flag from Facebook and the flag will fact check it and it'll say, no, the Great Reset isn't a plan to control the world. <laughs> How do they know? I mean, it's, it's not even a fact, right? That is an opinion of a fact, yeah. right? First of all. And so my point is that you're navigating, you're navigating a situation where absolutely, man, like research ain't going to cut it, you know, factual thinking, logical thinking, common sense, rationality, like those things have left, you know, Elvis left the building, you know, rational, rational thinking and common sense have left the building, Doug. Yeah. And so in order to play ball with that, I think we really have to, um, we really have to get people to look at not what they're thinking, but what they're doing. What, what are they doing? What are you doing with your life, dude? You know, like, so many people look at these podcasts with all these super high achievers and, you know, these mega stars that are billionaires that have turned, you know, a, a, you know, extreme athlete, billionaire, overachiever, successful people, you know, so many people put their attention on that stuff, but why don't those same, why aren't those same people capable of living into their own highest potential, right? Yeah. Like what's, what's keeping them back, you know? And I think that's really the key, like if you can show people, you know, like, well, the reason why you're not living in the, in, in the way that you admire, right. The, the ways that you, you are admirable to you. The reason that you're not living that way is because of like the influences on your own mind. Now the mind doesn't really work the way that you think or have been led to believe it does. Right. It's very, very, very malleable. It's very controllable. Uh, show people how it works. And to be honest with you, people, people don't really like it's uncomfortable for people to realize that they're not making decisions for themselves when they think they are, that they're not behaving um, in a right. conscious way when they think they are. It's, it's a wake-up call. I've spent a lot of time, well, dealing with, but also thinking about uh, the concept of avoidance, because when people get, you know, people will get, they'll feel that push like, hey, you know, maybe your subconscious mind is driving something here. Maybe you should, you know, analyze or do some self-work. And then there's all kinds of coping mechanisms to avoid having to feel that, that uncomfortability. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, why don't you get into that? Like, why is it you think that people, I, I think this is why, I mean, they're so scared to doubt the system, to doubt the experts or the, the experts the government puts forward because, you know, they trust that they trust this system so implicitly. And then when you push on that, you know, it triggers this, this need to avoid those negative feelings instead of, uh, and I, I know, in some of my research before uh, this interview, you talk about doing shadow work for, I mean, this is the shadow just work. About, people, I was just about to bring that. Yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I mean, people have to actually, you want to go there so that you can improve yourself. You don't want to avoid it, but people are so trained to just like, let's, if we ignore it, it's not there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've actually, I started doing self-work just I fell into it to really to save my own life. You know, this is about the time that I got into Kung Fu and Tai Chi. I started journaling and reading, reading books that I started like finding books. They just sort of came to me that like opened up my mind to the possibilities. And so a big, big, big part of self-work is, a, is takes place paper pen. This, mm -hmm. is it, man. this is where like the magic happens, right? That is where the magic happens. And so, um, Recently, I've actually been with a group of men and we've been doing, we've been doing some very intentional shadow work with this group of men. And, and I've realized something that I've been working on myself for 20 something years. And then there's some things that, that I haven't seen. There's some things that I haven't seen until right. now, you know, yeah. and, and, and one of those speaks directly to what you're saying. Like I have, for, for lack of a better word, dragons, right. I have, I have my dragons, right. Not dragons to slay, but dragons to tame, right. Like parts of me 
Yeah. That if I don't control, that if I let run rampant, like certain things happen in my life and things go sideways or things go south or things totally self-destruct. And so using myself as an example, like, I mean, I started drinking alcohol when I was 13 years old. You know, I was in a household, you know, with a lot of like drama and chaos and, 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 you know, like even an abusive older brother and, and, um, and a liquor cabinet, you know? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. As so many of us. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> so you many know? of us. And, and so when I saw my situation. Yeah, totally. And so when I saw my older, <laughs> when I realized what my older brother was doing with his friends, you know, he was three years older than me. And I realized that he had cleaned out the shed in the backyard, and made a, made a little man cave for him and his teenage friends. When I realized that they were out there huffing gas and stealing mom's liquor. <laughs> right. I wanted to know what that was about. So I started drinking when I was uh, probably 13, 14 years old. And I know that by 15 years old, I was blackout drinking liquor, you know, and that was in, that was in the uh, early nineties, late eighties, early nineties. And, and I could score liquor. I could go, I could, I could buy beer from the store. You know, I could convince them right. to sell me beer. I could, I could go, I, I could get anybody to buy me liquor, you know, plus my mom had a liquor cabinet. So I started self-medicating back then. Right. I started, I started, I started covering up my pain back then. I started avoidance back then. Yeah. And it was a survival technique. And so when you ask like what people are going through, it's a survival technique. You know, that's what, that's what we're doing. And it's, and it's right. an unconscious one. And so in the shadow work that I'm doing right now, what I've realized is that all my life I've been, uh, you know, running, running this race with this dragon and I've learned to call him my cloaking dragon and, and the cloaking dragon, what he wants for me, he wants me to, he wants me to, be unaware. He wants me to be unconscious. He wants me to play small. He wants me to uh, just basically be numb, comfortably numb. Right. And he does that in all sorts of ways. And, you know, alcohol has been something that's, you know, that's been a factor. It's been a problem for my life, my whole life, you know, mm-hmm. and um, um, marijuana, cannabis too. Like he loves the, the and if I let him out of the cage and I don't pay attention to what he's doing, I can't, I can't be my best self. I can't, I can't break out of my shell or my cage. I can't move beyond where I'm at if those substances and those chemicals are in me. And so uh, I've really just started to really understand that like my whole life, I've had these avoidance mechanisms that were trauma responses and that they've just kind of been with, been with me. But if I hadn't been doing the work, if I hadn't been doing the journaling, if I hadn't been actively seeking groups and working with other people and to get other perspectives, to get inside uh, voices, you know, like uh, insider perspectives on what's going on in my own head, then I wouldn't realize it now. And like I said, I'm 45 years old. I'm just realizing that, oh, I've been dancing with this one dragon for the last 30 something years. Yeah. Right. I've been dancing with this one dragon. Okay. I never even saw him. I was just like working with his magic. You know, I was just trying to fight off his magic spells. You know, I was just trying to fight off the booze. I was trying to fight off the methamphetamines. I was trying to fight off the porn addiction. I was just trying to, I was basically just, um, you know, just parrying his attacks. And so the, 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 the real value of shadow work is to really understand what drives you to really understand what's happening in your own subconscious, your own psyche. So that way you can, um, you know, make peace with it isn't the right way to say it, but that way you can, mm-hmm. You can find a balance with it, right? You can you can uh, train you could train those aspects of yourself. You know, like I love being, I love being a badass. You know, I love being you know I yeah, love right. I, I love being dark. You know, like I have a dark sense of humor, and I love that about myself. But it's easy for me if I'm not aware and conscious of of what mode I'm in, um, what's influencing me, like how I'm feeling, like where my emotional body is at. It's easy for me to lose track of that and just be like, well, I don't feel good right now. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a drink. Oh, I don't feel good right now. Let's go smoke a bowl of weed. 
Yeah. You know, and it's not conscious avoidance. It's really just like defaulting, defaulting to uh, a pattern of, of protection. Right. And so then you couple that man with like the, just like the culture, the, the society that we're in, like, I mean, I live in a town, I live in Asheville, North Carolina, and there's, you know, it's almost like there's a brew pub for every 10 people. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's interesting because there's also like, there, there's also one of the highest concentrations of AA chapters here than in any other major city. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, we live in a culture that wants us to fail. We live in a culture that like makes things available that slow us down. We live in a culture that promotes things that make us weak. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's avoidance, but it's also tribalism. It's also just trying to fit in. It's also just doing whatever the hell everybody else is doing, man. You know, it's also the subconscious mind looking out and being like, okay, cool. What's the safe behavior for the environment that I'm in? Well, these people over here, they're really strong. They pump a lot of iron. They make $200,000 a year, but they're not bitching about the government. They're out on Friday night getting, getting shit faced. Right. Right. They're not out puking up ayahuasca and, and, you know, in the jungle, they're, they're, you know, getting too drunk and puking in the alley behind the club. You know, what's the safe behavior? And if you look all around you, the safe behavior is to participate in the, the just whatever debauchery or whatever you want to call it. This, right. this self-diminishment, this this intoxication of everything, right? Like that's that's what everybody else is doing. Even the people that we look up to, man. Even yeah. the people that even the people that are put on the pedestals that we look up to, man. You know, there was an actor just yesterday, Michael K. Williams or somebody, you know, just another, just another soul died alone in his hotel room or whatever of a fentanyl overdose or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. These people are put on pedestals, they're given awards, Emmys, Academy Awards, everything. And 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 in reality, they're just tortured, battered souls that just end up, yeah, their lives just get petered out and just like taken. Prince, uh, Tom yeah. Petty. I remember, you know, Tom Petty died, you know, why did he die? He had some hip problems and some pain. And so the solution wasn't to um you know, I don't, I don't know what he went through, but he basically ended up with an opiate addiction, you know, and died from an overdose. Right? Sure. So, uh, was it, was, was it Seymour Hirsch? What's the, what was the actor's name that was in, um, the guy that was in hunger games. Yeah. Just, you, know, you see these stories all the time of sure. people that have been put on these pedestals and, and like, you don't see the rot, you don't see the spiritual decay and the rot and stuff yeah. that's going on. And, and, you know, that's, so it's avoidance, but it's also mimicry. It's also just doing what everybody else is doing. It's such a, it's just such a strange culture that we live in this culture that actually, I I mean, a lot of things are coming to mind. I mean, and, and I kind of want to tie this back to the, the mind control or hypnosis aspect that we were getting into earlier, because that I think is trauma-based. I think you'll agree that we're this trauma-based mind control, the fear can trigger people out of their critical thinking capacities. And the next thing you know, they're, they're just listening or leaning on the, on the authorities uh, and doing what they're told because they're scared out of their minds. Um, but then the culture itself teaches you to, instead of heal from the trauma, it teaches you to, to avoid the trauma and then gives, you know, certain paths to avoid it, like alcohol or even caffeine or these, you or know, the these doctor. other drugs. Yeah. yeah, antidepressants, yeah right. Yeah. Totally. Um, and, and then steers us away from things like plant medicines that have been made illegal, or, you know, we're not allowed to, to even explore these potentially healing paths that are designed to heal from trauma. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's the same as the ivermectin, you know, it's, it's the same as hydroxychloroquine or remdesivir or whatever. It's the same as anything like there, the system that we have has certain things that it profits off of. It has yeah. certain things that it has lobbied to make available 
And, you know, the FDA has been doing this forever, pushing holistic cancer doctors, you know, right. Dr. Sebi and everybody pushing them out into the fringes of the planet, you know, pushing them out, you know, even the, um, even if you look at like what happened to the prohibition of cannabis, you know, in the 1950s, whatever, you know, like it's like, they know, they know, they know that like they have one solution and it's just market dynamics, right? Whatever, if we can create a monopoly, if we can push out the competition, you know, what's the easiest way to prevent yourself from, you know, present your, prevent your product from being competed to one. It's like, not just make it better than the other persons, but make everybody else illegal and get the full force and weight of the, the violence of the government right. behind you. You know, and so I think like I, I think because I've been watching this for a really long time and I think that like people really are in a state of, of, of trauma. Think about it, dude. Yeah. I mean, like perpetual crisis, perpetual stress. Right. Like we, the, it feels like it started on 9-11, but it started before that. But 9-11 oh, was yeah. definitely an absolute turning point. And ever since then, it's one crisis after another. It, it's dude, I don't. <laughs> I say this, man, I've been, I've been paying attention these last week to what NPR is up to national public radio. Okay. Like I right. don't, there, there was a time when I listened to Rush Limbaugh, when I listened to national public radio, when I was into Sean Hannity, when I was into, you know, um, what's that other, there's a couple other liberal ones. I listened to them all. I, you know, I thought that's, that was what was available to me. And I thought that was the, you know, the fairest representation of the world that I was in, but now I listen to it to see, to, to get it like an edge on what people are going to be thinking. Yeah. Right? Here. Yeah. Yeah. They're talking about, two things they're talking about afghanistan and they're talking about covid vaccines nonstop all day nonstop yeah. all day and every possible angle that they can everything you know so like I, I drove my kids to school today and we we did all that and on the way home i listened to npr and it's they're analyzing you know, the 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 history of the taliban the found the foundation of the taliban you know like the the differences in um uh the perceived differences in the religion of the Taliban versus the Wahhabi sect, you know, and they're going in deep, deep, you know, they're filling your head with all of this shit that doesn't mean anything to you. You're not going to be able to go home and open up your mailbox and flip through your bills and be like, well, I'll pay this bill with my knowledge of Wahhabism. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like you can't apply that to your work. Right. So what are they doing? They're occupying your mind with things that you can't touch, with things yeah. that you can't feel, with things out, that you out of your can't control. Reason. Yeah. Out of your control. Yeah. Out absolutely out of your control. Right. And what's scarier, dude? What's scarier to an American than uh, an Islamic terrorist? <laughs> you know? <Right. laughs> what? Wow. I mean, you're basically saying, okay, like, like yeah, cool, until just... COVID now, maybe, but yeah. Yeah, right. Like, so you've got the two boogeymans. That's what they're talking about. Two boogeymans, two boogeymans. Yeah. So what do they, what do they want you to do about Afghanistan? I don't know, man. I, I think they still want you to support Biden. I don't know. I can't figure out what the real, like, like, like message is. I think that the reason why they're talking about Afghanistan in every possible conceivable angle of it is just to keep your mind off of what's really going on in your own life. Keep your mind off the sure. fact that your business is failing because people aren't showing up because they're not allowed to. Um, keep your mind off the fact that your aunt died of cancer because she wasn't allowed to get into your cancer screening. Um, you know, keep your mind off the fact that, you know, like your kid's mental health is completely failing, right? Let's, let's talk about, you know, Wahhabism and, and the Taliban and, and uh, you know, which, which mullah or whatever is occupied, whatever new position with this government. Okay. Why is your marriage failing? Right. Right. Why are you in debt? Why are you broke? Why are you overweight? 
why do you need antidepressants? You know, yeah. um, um, what does spirituality mean to you? Um, what path are you on in life? If you keep going on the same trajectory that you're on today, where are you going to be in one year, five years, 10 years, right? What dreams have you already like shoveled in favor of thinking about the Taliban? You know, like what, what, right. You know, like what, what else in your life have you scuttled, you know, to participate in like things that don't matter to you at all. And so yeah. that, that to me, like the depth of the depth of diversion distraction is, is, is so, is so intense. Well, and you, you, you know, couple, couple that with everything else and it's, it's, it's right. tough to break people out of. Yeah. One of the things that's actually been blowing my mind watching, especially as the COVID rollout has happened is how many people identify I mean, it's not just Afghanistan, right? It's the whole political spectrum. Like people have been taught that their their vote is their power and you've got to pay attention to the nightly news every night and you've got to stay on top of all of these issues. And, uh, and, and then people are so identified with the left-right paradigm wherever they are. I, I live in a, in a really progressive community and I just have noticed you know, if the, if a progressive is supposed to think like this, that's how they think. Like, it doesn't matter what else. And, mm -hmm. and then people, I'm sure if I lived in a, you know, conservative community, it'd be the same thing. It's like people just identify with the left or the right, wherever they're at. And then they think like the news tells them, if you're a Republican, here's what you think. And here's how you vote. And if you're a Democrat, and it's such a, like, it's such a profoundly powerful force that you can't break through it. I had uh a couple of friends um, who really got, I, I call it Trump derangement syndrome, because as Idiots. I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a supporter of any politician or the political process in general, but, you know, I could compare, say, the Trump administration to like the Bush Cheney Rumsfeld administration and go, I, I thought those guys were really Nazis, you know, too, but nobody was complaining about them. So why all of a sudden is Trump, you know, the worst, the most fascist, the most, you know, Hitler-esque of all time. <laughs> and yet I mm. saw friends that just, you know, they would ignore uh, the evidence for hydroxychloroquine, for example, because Trump said it. Oh, Trump said it. And he's just a crazy person. So it must be wrong. And people need to be going to the hospital, getting on a ventilator and, and ignore hydroxychloroquine because Trump said this thing. Uh, it was just mind boggling to me how controlled they were. They couldn't see any of the science. They couldn't have an argument without or a conversation about it without getting triggered into like, you know, Trump said it. You're just a fascist if you think anything that Trump said. It was just amazing. It's, it's another That's level cool. of the mind control. And I think you're so right to point out that when we're all sitting here thinking about these essentially red herring political issues, because we're going to cast a vote in a couple of years and that, that consumes your life. I mean, I'm, I'm even actually, I've been going through this process myself where I'm realizing, my God, I've spent hours and hours and hours doing all this research. I'm getting to a place like you have of looking and going, I should be doing this self-sabotage work, this shadow work yeah. on myself to improve yeah. my life and my relationship with my wife and a healthier relationship yeah. with my kids because that's yes. what's actually going on in my life. <laughs> that's where your like, power is. That's why, power. why Amy Goodman is full of shit today or NPR or whatever, you know? Look, man. When, when a stage hypnotist goes goes to do a performance, right? He's not going to just pick anybody from the crowd to get up on stage, right? He's looking for a certain type of person. He's yeah. looking he's looking for compliance, right? Compliance, as I said earlier, compliance deepens hypnosis. 
right? right? So he's going to want the people first off that are eager to participate. He's going to want the ones that are eager to go along. And then, then throughout the process of the, the demonstration, right? Those people are going to be the ones that go deepest into hypnosis. They're going to make the biggest fools of themselves, right? Okay. So the system works that way. It's about buying in. It's about buying in at every level. You know, it's about buying in with your taxes and, you know, and not resisting that, you know, not, yeah. not protesting the IRS. It's about buying in with the wars, you know, well, you kind of don't have a choice because they don't let you protest the wars anymore. So let's go ahead and just buy in with that. Right. You know, and so in 2008, the last vote that I ever cast was in the primary, the uh, Republican primary, not that I was a Republican people, um, but I've cast my vote for, um, Ron Paul to be right. the, the, the candidate, right? Sure. So I got really involved in that stuff and I hadn't voted. I didn't vote in that election because he didn't win. I think it was John McCain or some, I don't know, yeah. whatever, whatever. Right. I, I, this is a tangent. I'm just going to throw it out there. Then I'll get right back. Dude. Okay. Why is it that all these people that are concerned with the social justice, black lives matter, all this keep voting for these rich old white dudes who've been embedded in this creepy system forever. That's a whole nother question. Right. I know. Right. So, but not voting, not voting. Like I'm, it's, I'm, it's starting to really sink into me over the years, like the power that it's given me. Right. Because I don't, I don't have, um, uh, I don't have the weight of conscience on me. Right. When somebody screws up, you know, when, when um, Obama goes and, you know, drone bombs a family in Pakistan or whatever, and kills a bunch of kids. Like I didn't support that. Yeah. I, I did not support that. I supported that because they stole money out of my paycheck. I don't have a choice or I would end up in prison or dead because I would resist. Okay. All right. When Trump goes and does the same thing, I didn't support Trump. I didn't vote for Trump. So my conscience is clean. Right. And I'm not on a team. You know what I'm saying? So it yeah. gives me, it gives me, it gives me a sense of neutrality in this conversation. And, and, and to be honest with you, like spiritual neutrality as well, which I find is, is critical because <laughs> Dude, the system is is violence. It is literally like that's what it is. It is yeah. organized violence. You know, I had an interesting. I was, I was standing at a in front of a coffee shop downtown the other day, and this is sometimes, like I said, I get feisty, and I'm in a feisty mood today. <laughs> uh, but the other the other day, I was in a feisty mood, and I was standing out in front of my uh, some in front of a coffee shop, leaning against the parking meter, and some group of uh, like some group of like tourists, you know, with a bunch of kids, little kids, and they're all wearing masks. The five year olds are in masks and everything. It came up and this kid that was like 10, 11 years old was like, mom, what's that? Like he'd never seen a parking meter before. <laughs> and she was like, well, that's a parking meter. And he was like, oh, what does that do? And he's, he's like, well, you got to put money in that, you know, and if you don't put money in that and you put your car there and they catch you, then the guy comes. And I looked at this kid and I, and I, go, I go, yeah, kid. And he's going to give you a ticket. And if you don't pay that ticket, he's going to come to arrest you and put you in a cage. And if you don't want to go in that cage and you resist, he's going to shoot you dead. And his mom looked at me like. And the kid's <laughs> eyes like went up right. <laughs> and his mom literally was like, well, actually, yeah, that's, that's true. And they walked off. Yeah. yeah. The, the point is, is that like, it's all around us, man. It's all around us. The violence of the system that we're in is all around us, yeah. you know? And it's like, when you, when you avoid that with these mechanisms that we're talking about, like your psyche, your soul is already permeated by all that, right? So yeah, go out and drink and then see what happens to your relationship. See how things evolve or devolve, right? Go out and try to be successful and see how, see how your life doesn't work out. You know, just go out, you know, just go out and, you know, try to solve problems and realize that you don't have tools to solve problems because you can't punch it in the face or put a 50 caliber desert Eagle pistol up to it, you know? You are listening to this. You are listening to the first free hour of The Shift with Doug McKinty. For access to the full feature-length versions of the podcast, go to www.theshiftnow.com and subscribe for the audio version for just $6 a month. 
Access the full-length episodes in video form through rockfin.com by subscribing at the Shift with Doug McKenty landing page. For $9.99 a month, you gain access not only to the Shift, but also all other premium content material hosted on the platform. The Shift is also brought to you by Enagic Water Systems, providing crystal clear, ionized alkaline water straight from your tap, as well as the Freedom Era Network, delivering tools and information to help you build a successful online business. Find out more at www.theshiftnow.com backslash store. Detoxify your body, decolonize your mind, make the shift. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I used to like, I used to have my, my work used to be more, um, I used to want more to get people down to the jungle to have these big experiences and, you know, break open their head in that way. Like that was the path. And it's taken me a while to really see that like most people aren't ready for that. You yeah. Know? And like, like that when you, when you frame, when you frame what's going on in terms of self-sabotage, like they can see it because there's like an infinite amount of examples and everybody knows, everybody already knows. They just haven't put the pieces. They haven't connected the dots. They know that the advertising industry works the way that it is. They know that they airbrush women you know, like to make their bigger and all this kind of stuff through ads. They know, like I said, the Carl's Jr. stuff is like appealing to your sexual drive. You know, they, they know all this stuff, but they don't, they haven't put the dots together and see how it affects them. And you know, yeah. when you look at the world, you think, oh, this affects, oh, it just increases their sales, you know, or when you have a, you know, an advert with a baby, you know, that's five months old drinking Coca-Cola and mom saying, this is good for you. You know, like, like they don't, you, you see that and you know what, you know, like consciously, you know what the advertising company is trying to do, but you don't really ever pull it in back into yourself to, to make the connection of how it affects your own life. So great story I have is, a, you know, I've part of what I do is I do in my self-mastery coaching, I spend 90 minutes with people and we just talk and I just like, let them uh, just kind of help steer them around inside their head so they can figure out, you know, what they're missing, you know, whatever they keep bumping up against. And I help them figure out, you know, there's probably another way around it. You know, uh, I got a call from a woman last week and uh, she'll know who she is if she's listening to this, but, mm-hmm. but uh, a really woke person, man, like she's totally awake to the, to all the conspiracy stuff. She knows all about it. She knows everything that's going on, but like, I heard it in her voice, Doug, oh my God, the anxiety, the fear, the stress. And so right. I want to make this point here before we go is that like the fear is on both sides, right? So you can, you can be just as afraid of the virus and all of the unvaccinated people as you can of the measures going into place. Okay. Totally. So there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's personalities in the, you know, conspiracy, alt independent, whatever freaking you know, Russian fake news world you want to call it. Right. That are like, you know, that are like literally scaring the living shit out of people, you know, and I'm not going to sure. name names here. And I'm, I'm sure you could think of a couple, but people that are saying like, if you've already taken the vaccine, we don't even care about you because you're dead in 18 months. That's not helpful, man. It's not helping people. Right. It is just, it is, if you zoom out and you want to say, Hey, this is a spiritual war. They're feeding on our fear. Well, it doesn't matter what your political bent is. If you're in the vibration of fear, it doesn't fucking matter. Like if you're afraid, you're afraid it's the same frequency, right? Okay. So I started talking to this woman. I was like, well, hold on now. You know, this, you know, this, well, what have you been doing? What have you been watching? She's been watching all the dark documentaries out of shadows, the pandemic, all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, you know, she's trying to figure out where do I belong? Where am I most safe? Am I safe here in this house that I bought? Or do I, am I, do I need to go like remote? Do I need to sell everything and move out into the country? You know, like she's, she's fight or flight mode, right? Yeah. Fight or flight mode, yeah. right? And and there's nothing you could fight in this environment, so it has to be flight, right? And so she's she's like totally disturbed, and I could feel it coming through the telephone. And I said, "Well, hold on, wait a minute, okay." All right, like, how much information is enough for you? How much more information do you need to understand the dynamics of this world? How much do you need? Like, what 
more do you need to know? Like how many more interviews with whatever group of frontline doctors or, you know, what else can Judy Michaelvitz say? Like to, yeah. how, how much of that, like how much more of that is going to lead you to the peace that you're looking for? Cause you're asking me for a route to peace, right? You want peace. Okay. Dude. It's absolutely critical that we acknowledge the evil that's going on in the world without an imagination for this. Carl Jung said this without an imagination for the evil that's going on in the world. We're all like, we're all susceptible to the psychosis. Like we, we will buy into, it. we don't understand it. We have to be able to look at it and put a name on it and call it what it is. We have to be able to look at the Epstein's in the world and be like, okay, cool. There's definitely some high level, really, really dark stuff going on in our government. We have to admit that, right? But what do you do, man? You don't have any control. You can't touch any of the levers on that stuff. So what do you do? I've, I've, I've had a few people on my podcast recently, and I've talked a lot about this with people. And like the answer is that you're dealing with a destructive force, right? An anti-life force. You can call it the archons if that's the way you see it. You can call it the demigods or the new world order, the reptilian bloodlines. You can call it whatever you want, but you're dealing with an anti-life force it is a destructive force how do you how do you it's tai chi again like what is the opposite right of destruction it's creation how do you how do you create a how do you be a center uh, a node of that of the of the vibration of the frequency that can do anything about this you have to activate your creativity so i said to this woman i said cool what are you doing like what are you doing creatively you know this is going on and you've allowed yourself to go all the way down the rabbit hole, you've got sucked into Nietzsche's abyss. You're way mm. down in there. You know, the gravity of it has pulled you in. It's a black hole. You're literally like some of those sci-fi movies and you've been sucked all the way in. How are you going to get out? They're not just going to change. This, this situation isn't going to just end. How are you going to get out? And the answer, I, you know, I said, well, what are you doing creative, creatively? Oh, it turns out she's painting. She's an amazing painter. It turns out she's, uh, you know, writing. It turns out she's doing this or that or yoga or working with, you know, holistic this or that or whatever. And, and uh, all it took, man, was just to like, you know, just bring her, her vision back on to, to that, and that critical factor of it. Like a, you're, you're just as you're, you're moving in fear. You're in the fear vibrations. So you're just as much of a problem as everybody that's scared of the virus. Okay. First of all, accept that. Right. Yeah. And if you're going to do anything about it, like you're dealing with destruction, the opposite of destruction is creation. Like get busy in your life creating. So like Doug, you're creating podcasts. You're like, you, you said that you wanted to do Tai Chi cheating. So you're going to like through those, through creating those things, through those endeavors, you're going to create peace. You're going to, you're going to be a node for that vibration, that non-fear vibration. You're going to spread that vibration. And I don't know if we're going to be saved by it or not, but it's is a hell of a lot gives me a lot more optimism than trying to go toe-to-toe with this evil destructive force by being just as scared of it as it as you know as as the other side is you know so right that's what i see man like the the fear is on both sides yeah Yeah, it's that's actually a a really good point we should probably wrap it up with that i've kept you longer than i said but um (laughs) yeah but uh, a really good point to, to just recognize that actually fear is is the issue and you can be afraid of the virus and running to get the vaccine or you can be afraid of the vaccine passports and running around, you know, trying to f- feeling lost, feeling frightened, not knowing, you know, how you're going to fight this or whatever. You're trying to find a foxhole to get into. Right? Yeah. You know, like- either way, either way, you're still fe- feeding into the fear and the solution right. is to be able to ground yourself, be creative. Uh, and, and just move past it, except, except the things that are out of your control. That's a, that's another difficult thing, difficult topic, difficult thing for people to do, but it's uh, really important to stay centered and, and not think that you uh, can control all these things that are out of, out of our control. Right. 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 
All right. Um, well, let me just let me just say this to sure. wrap this up. Like, at the root of that, at the core of that, is is awareness, awareness of self. You know, and like like look at a day to day basis. Look at the media. Look at the internet. Everything. Like your awareness, your attention is being pulled out of your own self, out of your own center. Right. So be mindful of that. Right. What's going on with actually you? If you turn it all off, if you shut it all down, if you yeah. take a break from it all, like who are you? What are you convinced? What are, what are your convictions? You know? Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, God, the world would be a totally different place if everybody just turned off their TV, wouldn't it? And just focused the most, on the their most actual life. Drug. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know? <laughs> yeah, and I've re- like, we've covered that a lot at Waking Times, you know, like TV sends you, puts you like into alpha, you know, like alpha brainwave state. So like it induces hypnosis and then all of the, you know, just the way the pixels move and the way the graphics, yeah, it's a whole nother scene. But yeah, man, we're really like, we're battling some very like sophisticated. Right. Uh, sophisticated, some sophisticated uh, um, attempts to enter our conscious, subconscious mind. So, and it's working. So, we got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I hear that. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Dylan. You want to let people know, you know, where they can find Waking Times, where they can uh, sign up for some of your uh, self sabotage work, especially. Yeah, I mean, I have uh, wakingtimes.com. That's our primary domain for that. That's been uh, we st- I started that almost exactly ten years ago. I think it was November of two thousand and eleven when I started that online. Cool. Um, let's see, I have Dylan Charles coaching. That's where I do like my coaching work. So if you go to there, you can find out about like the self-sabotage program that I run and also the self-mastery conversations that I have. And then, like I said, I'm, I'm doing a zoom call called the story of your hypnosis and how you woke up. And that's going to be March 22nd. That's a Wednesday. I'm going to do it at noon uh, Eastern time. So if you want to sign up and be part of that, you can do that. And then if you can't make it at the time, we can give you the replay or whatever, but um, but let's see what else. Also, like Facebook, there's I have a Facebook page at Waking Times. I've 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 switched how I do that. It's just basically like a personal commentary on stuff rather than posting content because every piece of content we post is censored and, and what on Facebook. So right. you can find me there. So there you can find links to my newsletter. I run a weekly newsletter called On the Path. You can sign up um, at at you know, either one of my websites. Oh, and also Battered Souls. That's the podcast BatteredSouls.com. Right. So there you can sign up to the newsletter and get On the Path, my weekly newsletter. And yeah, it's all it's all out there you should be able to find me and i'd love to meet you I, I love meeting people from all over the world and it's a joy it's really an honor to be of service in this crazy time so yeah <laughs> thank you thank you doug i appreciate you having me on yeah absolutely and uh, i'll just let people know you've been listening to the shift with doug mckinty uh you can find my stuff at www.theshiftnow.com um i probably spend most of my time on my personal facebook page but i just maxed that out so um i'll probably be moving i'm on twitter at d mckinty and uh maybe i should focus more on my telegram channel if you look up the shift with doug mckinty on telegram then uh, you can get my stuff there um but i do i do try to get people to go to the website i think um theshiftnow.com as much as possible and sign up for the newsletter. Also, the videos are on YouTube, but I am also dealing with the the censorship aspect of things. So The Shift with Doug McKinty is on Odyssey. And uh, I've been moving people as many as possible over to rockfin.com because that's been a a great place uh, for me, a good platform, freedom of speech platform. A lot of people, a lot of other content producers are there. So there's a lot of great information that you can find kind of in a a one-stop shop at rockfin.com. So you can check me out there. So thanks everybody for listening. And and thanks again, Dylan, really appreciate your work. And thanks for coming on. Yeah, brother. Uh, Likewise. All right. Take care.
All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was my conversation with uh, Dylan Charles Hunt. And um, I was really excited to have Dylan on. I've heard of Waking Times, actually, for going back for years. I've checked it out here and there throughout the, throughout my time learning about uh, this, uh, this whole new, brave new world that we're living in. And, uh, but I, I really got introduced to him through uh, my friend Ted Hainick, who I had on the show, I think uh, maybe number 84. Uh, and Ted is a self-sabotage coach. So we talked uh, in depth about this kind of healing that people uh, need to get. And I was interested that um, over the course of Dylan's time, uh, reporting on a lot of these things from an alternative point of view, he ultimately has gotten into this self-sabotage coaching as well. It really feels to me in my own experience that uh, at the end of the day, what we're starting to realize is that people are just hurt and it's a generational trauma, a generational post-traumatic stress essentially by uh, families who have been engaged in this process of colonization, right? And uh, people like Dylan have looked outside of current modalities of consciousness, the traditional, you know, get an MD, go to get a, uh, you know, get a college degree, get a master's degree, get a PhD, and instead looked outside of, of that system uh, and really delved into uh, indigenous understanding and plant medicine, and then eventually came to a space where uh, he realized that self-sabotage coaching is really where it's at, just teaching people how to avoid or stop right? Um, behaviors that are self-harming. And self-harming is, I guess, ultimately uh, the characteristic of, of post-traumatic stress that we all essentially have. Because our parents, if we've been colonized for generations, um, you know, our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, they never did any of this kind of emotional healing work. The culture just doesn't really, it, it hasn't been a part of our culture uh, since we were indigenous people ourselves. I'm from Europe, but, um, you know, there's basically been an attack on indigenous thinking and indigenous culture uh, for thousands of years now of colonization. And in order to find the solutions to the post-traumatic stress of being raised in these patriarchal institutions, right, uh, we are looking back to ind indigenous wisdom and indigenous knowledge uh, and traditional knowledge to um, to find the solutions, and they all seem to be speaking to healing, healing our uh, psyche, our psychology, our emotional selves from uh, the generations of trauma that that many of us hold on to uh, after so long. So, doing this kind of work, I think we talked a little bit about doing personal shadow work, is really how we each have to make the shift, right? And then the more and more the individuals make the shift, the more and more culturally maybe we can stand up and have the strength and fortitude to stand up against the, the general trend towards uh, colonization and imperialism that's now become a worldwide phenomenon. Um, and I was also, I mean, uh, Dylan himself uh, follows a fairly similar path to myself. So it was interesting that we both had the same things in common in terms of a history of Tai Chi and Qigong to discover the internal energy system and how that works. Uh, and then um, indigenous ceremony uh, in order to try to understand, you know, different ways of thinking and different ways of personal cultivation that result in more of a, uh, an individuation, a healthy individuation from society rather than this, uh, I heard it, I've heard it described last week and I love it, uh, this codependent relationship that so many of us have now with the state, right? Um, so trying to liberate ourselves from that, individuate ourselves in a healthy way, and these modalities that Dylan has um, 
has come across on his own path uh, really get expressed in the work that's done at Waking Time. So that's what's really cool about it is that he has an awareness that, you know, many, many, many of us are raised within this culture, uh, how stressful it is. There, you know, the, the cultures are guilt-based or shame-based. We're dealing with all these negative emotions. We're repressing and learning to avoid our real emotional selves uh, and just taught, you know, get the job done, fit in, be a cog in the machine, right? Fit in, do what you're told, get the job done, and we'll feed you and give you health care. Uh, and then when you get too old, you know, who knows what, what, they're, what they're doing to people, actually. <laughs> we all know, I think, that the, our culture, this culture, doesn't, uh, doesn't respect the elders in the way that many indigenous cultures do. So just another thing to learn. But um, it was good to have him on the show because of our mutual interests. And then we could kind of really take a deep dive uh, into what's going on in the world in terms of how the dominant cultural paradigm sees things, what many, many people are just involved in and believe is the only choice, uh, while being able to kind of contrast that, that methodology of thinking, that way of being with uh, these, uh, these cross-cultural experiences that he and I have both had where we can learn like, hey, wait, you know, there is a better way out there. Uh, and hopefully more and more people will find it. And, um, you know, just to reiterate again, now Dylan is doing the self-sabotage coaching because I think that's really where it does get to a place where you realize that like, oh, we're all so stressed out from colonization, trying to work as hard as we can and constantly being stressed out about being in debt all the time, right? <laughs> Uh, and this is actually, especially generationally, created a post-traumatic stress, and each individual carries that in a different way. So Dylan's able now to work one-on-one -on -one with people and help them work through that so they can get into their deeper into their uh, authentic selves, uh, individuate from that codependent relationship, and, uh, and live a free and authentic life separate from that system. So uh, I want to thank Dylan for coming on. Just let everybody know, uh, of course, wakingtimes.com, where you can get uh, updated constantly uh, new articles being written about uh, what's going on in the world from an alternative perspective as well as these these cross-cultural understandings he's got a, a great uh, group team of writers that uh, are working there now and they're producing fantastic content so you can check that out if you want to hear his uh his podcast please go to batteredsouls.com and then you can sign up for his uh self-sabotage coaching at www.dylancharlescoaching.com. So I urge everybody to dive deep into uh, Dylan's work. I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope he'll come back again. I hope we'll have a reason to continue to work together into the future because I really respect what he's doing and I think he's on a good path. So uh, thank you all for listening. You can find out more about The Shift by going to www.theshiftnow.com. Uh, sign up for the newsletter and please think about if you're not a subscriber subscribing you can also give a, a donation by clicking on the PayPal link that's located uh, just underneath the menu bar uh, on the website uh, anything helps and uh, your donation continues this work into the future so if you enjoy what you're hearing please go to www.theshift now and do that you can also find me the best place right now is actually on my personal Facebook page you can just look up Doug McKenty it is what it is. I just ha have uh, gotten a, a fairly decent group of people and we're having really good conversations on that platform. I'd love to move it somewhere else, but I haven't really found that place yet. Uh, you can go to my Telegram chat at The Shift with Doug McKinty. I'll try to start updating that more. 
Um, and also, you can find me on Odyssey. Uh, I am on YouTube, though not everything I produce can get posted on YouTube. So I recommend Odyssey and uh, Rockfin.com, especially if you haven't checked out Rockfin, go to Rockfin.com, look up Doug McKinty or at the shift now, uh, and uh, you will find all my stuff posted there. You can also sign up for $9.99 a month for their premium package, which gives you all of my full-length interviews, um, plus access to everybody else's premium stuff, and there's a lot of really good information on Rockfin. So um, if you're interested in this kind of information, it's a great one-stop shop. You should check it out. All right, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, next week, I am going to have a really fascinating conversation. been waiting to do this one for a while with uh, Nico House of the MCSC Network. Um, he is a self-proclaimed... Uh, progressive, but he is becoming more and more sort of populist or certainly uh, interested in uh, these al alternative uh, ways of thinking. And so we're going to talk about that, but I really wanted, he is, a, and he is indeed a person of color. So uh, I wanted to have a really deep conversation with him about racism in the United States, what his experiences are and his feelings about the whole Trump racism, uh, rise of racism, white privilege, um, critical race theory kind of conversation with him to see how he really felt about what his experiences were compared to mine. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to that one because I think it's just an important conversation uh, for everybody to hear. So hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, he'll be able to explain, um, you know, his perspective about what racism is, where it's at right now, and uh, what we can do to heal ourselves so we can start working better collectively together. All right. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care.